Welcome to Life, this is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, Strong and Powerful Fred Hubler. Fred, are you ready to do this? I am ready. Good morning. Good morning. Fred is the founder and president of Creative Capital Wealth Management. They are the alternative for alternative investments. Fred, excited to have you on. Tell us a little about your personal life, some more about your work, why you do what you do. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Personal life, married with uh, boy-girl twins. My wife would not let me name them Luke and Leia, so we have James and Abigail, uh, which I thought Luke and Leia would have been really cool or really not cool. Like, I don't know what, you know, what the cool kids are going to have. Um, I have a business that I started 20 years ago. My first day was 9-11. And so um, everyone's answer was their products. I grew up with the X-Files and I trust nobody when it comes to where to put people's money. So we do our own research. Everyone has an angle and everyone has something to sell. And so we kind of... There's a lot of that in the industry, if you haven't noticed that. So we've spent a lot of time uh, looking through uh, where people actually with money are going to put their money. And 20 years later, we're in 28 states. We have a patent on a retainer-based planning um, pro program because right now the industry is, give me your money, I'll charge you 1%, and then you'll get the advice. And that assumes you have money to give me. It might be in your 401k. It might be in your businesses. It might be in your properties. And those people probably need more help because they have a lot of moving parts. So uh, four years ago, I trademarked a milestone clarification process. And that is a, a retainer-based planning. Never have to have any money with us. And you get a CFP and you get the process that we have, one for entrepreneurs, business owners, uh, professionals. So working, working people like us. And uh, high net worth retirees, because why not? That's the low-hanging fruit in the industry. Uh, so we have a profile at MCP for each of those. And um, that's really gotten us into those 28 states because they're not, no one's giving us money. They're, they're paying, paying us for advice and it's quarterly. Um, and then to get to the second part of what we do is um, we make sure that people, when they can, have as much of money as needed to mimic a portfolio for uh, like the Harvard and Yales of the world and the institutions. Believe it or not, they have about 70 to 80% of the entire portfolio is not in the stock market. So when the smartest kids in the class aren't even in the casino, maybe you should go and look and see where they are going. So that's kind of been what we did for the last 20 years. Got it. Well, I think that that's, I think that that makes a lot of sense and it's obviously been received well because you're still doing it. Yeah. You know, 20 years of being an overnight success. It was, it was the one man shop by myself. I uh, finally got an admin um, in one state literally in the same zip code as Vanguard. And so um, everyone thinks I'm a genius for focusing on these alternatives. I did it to survive because I was never going to be bigger. I was never going to be cheaper than Vanguard. And um, 20 years later, I'm working with companies that we, you know, no one ever client, you know, write the check to us. Clients don't write checks to us. They write it to the big sponsors that are the same places that the Harvard and Yale's and the big institutions go to. We just have a different, you know, we have a, a way of getting in there too. And the interesting part is people think I'm a genius. I just did it because it was the only choice to be different. I had to go where they weren't. Um, and I studied, and, and you know this, you probably have other people in your podcast about it. There's there's thing called modeling. So if you want to flip houses, you look and see who a, you know, a successful house flipper is. If you want to be a best surgeon, you got to look and see, okay, how did they get where they are? Well, investment's no different. So you look at portfolios and, and you look at where are the best long-term portfolios, not the hot hand 
the person that bought Apple early on, and now that's their, you know, they, 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 they ran the score up. And institutions tend to be the answer to that modeling question. And when you look a little bit deeper, like I said before, most of their money is not in the market. And then I did a little bit of research. And if you think of all the tickers, you know, all the little, you know, all the, all the little um, letters you can have to buy stock, there's only about 3,400 um, in the entire stock market, every stock market. So we picture this gigantic ocean. It is a four inch deep length lake and all the boats are flat bottom boats. And so when you start saying, okay, there's only 3000 companies total. And of the ones that people actually buy Facebook, Apple, Tesla, Exxon Mobil, there's maybe 800. And there's more combinations at any one mutual fund company than the things they're buying you into. And we had a, um, a client came over, beautiful portfolio, $17 million portfolio. We run it through our, uh, our risk thing. And I, I needed to get a point across. I didn't want to insult him, but when you have $17 million in a portfolio, you kind of think you know it all. You might not say you know it all, but we've been dealing with this for all the time. So I knew he knew he thought. And I say, congratulations on your portfolio. Just so you know, you're not in anything different than my twins. And then the guy's feathers got a little ruffled. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, we got the S&P 500. And you basically, with your 17 million and your 64 different funds, our analysis shows you have the same exposure as the S&P 500. Now, my kids don't have 17 million in it, but um, from a what you're owning, you own the same thing. And by the way, if you wanted to sell all of your 17 million or 14 million and put it into S, you know, an SPY, you know, S&P fund, you would save a ton of paper. You save the entire rainforest because you'd have one fund. Now, I'm not recommending anyone put 14 million in one fund, but the end result would have been exactly the same. So after his feathers got a little rough, he's like, well, what's the answer to that? I explained to him, you know, look at alternative investments. You don't have to use us for it. And, and just walk through. And a lot of people get confused. Alternatives are just typically they're almost always not liquid. Um, and that's one of the things that gives it its superpower. If it's not liquid, it's not in a public market. So when everyone's selling and you own something that they can't, that, is, that isn't in that market, they're not selling your stuff down. So it's illiquid, which means it's never a big part of anyone's one portfolio. Um, and it's real estate. Sometimes it's private equity. Sometimes it's oil and gas, commodity. Like there's a ton of stuff. I mean, you could have a whole, you know, the whole podcast just on what alternative investments are. But if someone Googles it, they'll see a ton of things out there. Um, and I'm not the only one doing this. I think I'm the most vocal person letting everyone say, hey, not everything stocks and bonds. And this year, both stocks and bonds were down 20%. So you don't need me to tell you to look for other options because your portfolio is telling you, hey, I need something else here. Um, and, and cash is not a bad option, but you're never going to make a ton of money in cash. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that people will be surprised to hear that there are around 3,000 publicly traded companies that we can invest in. And when you do peel back those layers, that there's you know, 100 or 500, right, that people are most commonly invested in. So it's interesting. And then you look at the those big endowments, Yale and Harvard, they have literally billions of dollars. And so if you're managing billions of dollars, what are you investing in? And you touched on a couple of those things like real estate and private equity and commodities. So I, as an individual investor, can access all of those same things. So if you ever felt the rich get richer because they know things the rest of us don't, it's not only true, 
um, it's a government program called accreditation. So there are alternative investments that we'll talk about today that you don't have to be accredited. The, the big boys like the private equity and the owning, you know, real estate as, as real estate, they are under a category called accreditation. And the rules are, are meant to protect, like I understand the rules, they're meant to protect the investor. So you have to have a million dollar worth, not counting your house, or if you're married, make 300,000 of income. For some reason, if you either one of those two, the government says, oh, you're, you're smart enough to know better. And so now we're going to let you see this. Um, and I think the real thing is, number one, it's very Ill- these investments, the good ones, um, are very illiquid. They're, there's not a public market form. So the analogy I use for almost every um, alternative investment is my job is to make sure that we're going on the right plane. Because you're not flying the plane because it's passive. And you're not getting off the plane until they land. And I need to make sure when the plane lands, it's landing in Jamaica if you want to go there versus Texas. Um, and so that seems to, you know, if you think of, an, of, of that as an analogy, that's a perfect analogy. Um, and it may stay in the air more than they thought. There might be a storm. And so they circle the airport. So there's a lot of good, you know, that analogy works multiple levels. The, the real estate part, the interesting thing with, with real estate is real estate can't go to zero. And if you are an accredited investor, most of the times you get into real estate in like a, a syndication. So a bunch of investors get together. And what you're getting into is an investment, and the investment happens to be real estate. Well, that's not how the big dogs do it, and that's not how we do it. There's a structure, a legal structure called a DST, Delaware Statutory Trust, that basically that's the wrapper. You can still get a group of people in and, and each invest their own little bit of money that they have. Um, and a credit investment, the other misnomer is that you need a, a ton of money to go into it. Some of these have twenty-five dollars and $50,000 minimums. So they're not... You know, you got to be a millionaire and put nine hundred thousand. Know, like it's not, it's it's not crazy like that. But if you own real estate through the DST, you actually own the underlying real estate. You're not an investor in a fund. You are a point zero 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 zero. You know, uh, investor in the underlying real estate, which is great because when that airplane does come down for a landing, when they do sell that property five to seven years from now. Um, and you have the choice to get out, you can get it out and pay your taxes. Because again, this is real estate. Or you can use a 1031, which is again, these are old uh, tax codes. These are things that have been around longer than you and I have been alive. And they are, um, you can exchange your money out of the DST into another DST pick. So if you do that, just as if you were doing it with real estate, you're doing it, you're a partial owner of these DSTs, but it's still real estate in the IRS world. Um, you don't have to pay the taxes because you just moved into another piece of property. So the technical term is swap until you drop. So if you keep doing this, some point you're not going to be around because you die um, and your family gets a data death step up. So, so just that, there's no mutual fund in the world that has any of those. It is illiquid while you're in it. So again, these, you know, there's not a, an answer to everything. Um, but it is a cool way for the rest of us to have a piece of a multi, you know, three hundred million dollar multifamily. Mere mortals do not own those. It is always a big company. Um, the things that DSTs have in common: the property's already built and already has tenants in it. So we're not we're not doing development. We're not hoping people show up. Um, you get cash flow the very next month. So that's just one category. We, it's a huge piece of our business because there's two types of people, people that are selling their real estate because they want to get out of being a landlord, but they don't want to pay the taxes and they like the passive income. 
Well, they can 1031 into a DST from the real estate they sell, as long as it's an investment property. We've, for those professionals, those working professionals that, that we work with, um, the doctors, they don't have the, they might have the money, they don't have the time or the patience to be a landlord. Well, you can put cash into a DST. And from that moment forward, that's real estate. So either way, no matter how you get in, you're getting into something that's real estate. Um, and because it's real estate, that third option, so you can cut, you know, when it comes when the plane lands, you can get out and pay taxes. You can exchange into another DST, which is great for us because we get paid again. And the neat thing is you're too polite to ask me, George, but you should be asking me this. Um, how do we get paid? The, the companies we use require us to be the fiduciaries to make sure that you are on the right plane because it's not, they're not going to take the plane out because George put money in that, that he shouldn't have. Um, so we're on the hook, frankly. And so they pay us. So someone's first statement, if they put 50 grand, their first statement is 50 grand. We got paid by the sponsor. Um, and we always let clients know what we're getting paid. Usually it's 5%. It's not a, a crazy number. Um, but it's built into the, the transaction because nobody other than us wants to talk to you. Like, you know, these big companies are real estate companies. They don't have an 800 number. You know, they don't have a call center. They're requiring, you know, licensed um, offices like us. And then the third option of the DST, just to close that, is you can exchange out of a DST back into a property that you own personally. So you can go from a DST into an individual property. You want to buy a bed and breakfast and your airplane comes for a loan. You can get into a different airplane. It could be you know, an airplane that you do drive. That's just one of the alternatives, but that's been a huge piece of our business. Um, and the little thing that's scary, none of us, I don't think, saw 2008 coming. Um, whatever's storms on the horizon, we all kind of feel it. I don't know what kind of storm it is. Uh, probably going to be a little bit longer, a little bit sharper, sharper down than 2008. And a big piece of that is um, we've never had an everything bubble everywhere. Like that's global. Usually it was tech stocks or house uh, housing. Um, we're, we're very defensive. So real estates, you know, cash flowing real estate is, is defensive cash flowing businesses. I think this last couple of months, um, oil and gas as a commodity needed in the world is not going anywhere. Um, we can't go to solar tomorrow. We don't have the infrastructure. Don't have the people to work. We don't even have the people to build. Uh, and, and I don't know where the money's going to come from because we don't have the money to pay back. We don't have the way of taxing the money we've already spent. Um, so there's some real decent headwinds, uh, challenging headwinds that, uh, the market, I, I don't, I don't think that people in the market are, are necessary. They're, they're very, very positive thinking, which is great until it's not. Cause then that's when everyone runs to the doors and to the windows. So I just spoke way too much and I see you drinking there and that's not fair. So I'm going to have my drink and get the, <laughs> you ask go. me your next question. You, you, you enjoy some caffeine as well. So when, when you think about time horizon, how, how do you coach clients through that? We need money today. I need money 10 years from now. I need money 30 years from now. Yeah. So we call it buckets. Um, if you need money in less than two years, that money should not be invested. There's really nothing unless it's a CD or something or cash, but which isn't really, it's not investing sometimes as an investment. So we, we bucket it, it under two years, absolutely no way that's in anything that could go up or down. Um, cause if it can go up, it can go down. That's how it works. If it can go up a lot, uh, it can go down CDs. We actually just got, and it's interesting. Um, I've never been so excited for a cash account, like an FDIC, a cash account. We found one that we have access to for our clients. Um, it's FDIC insured up to 25 million. So for these big uh, foundations or just people that have payroll 
and they have over 250, they're either not insured or they're playing the game where they're they're moving the money around just so they only have 250 in one bank. This satisfies that, you know, you don't have to shop around unless it's over 25 million. And, and not many people should have 25 million in cash anyway, but that's a whole other whole other con, you know, uh, concept. Um, 3.2%. It's not a crazy number, but it's cash. And and it's not with us, you know. It's just a, an account we have. And I, I, the funny thing is, as after we got access to it, like, can anyone be on there? Like, yeah, as long as they use your e- email. I'm like, okay, so they don't have to be clients of mine. Like, I have friends and family that you know they're working, they have the 401k. Um, I tell them where to stick it, but it, they're not clients of mine. But they could use cash. So it's it's interesting in this world that a a cash account is very exciting. That's the world we're you know just just having yeah. a place where I can't lose. That's that's been there. Um, and that's just, you know, I'm like, wow, this has really come full cycle. So definitely blocking two years or less cash, two to five years, very, very conservative, you know, um, and then you start to invest five to 10. The alternatives are in the seven to 10 bucket. I, I don't know. Most of the alternatives have a five to seven. And, and I believe in Scotty from Star Trek, I underpromise, over deliver and I, Assume the returns are less than they're going to make, and the liquidity is going to be less than they're going to say. Um, and that's really a function of you set them up for what um, what it should do is up here, but you tell them it's going to do this. When it's somewhere in the middle, you're a hero. If you tell them it's going to make 10 and it makes not nine, you're not a hero. If you say mm-hmm. seven to eight and you make nine, well, that so, so we, you know, we, we here's the ranges, and we always want to be very conservative because money is a weird thing. Um, it, it, people act, as we all know, there's all books on that. They act different because it's money. And it's, if it goes down, it's, it's personal. Uh, we deal with both money and family. Like most of our clients give us their parents, give us their kids, give us their best man or their best friend. Um, so there's a lot of pressure there not to screw up because we're screwing up an entire family, uh, which is why everyone in my office, we're all salary. We look at things three times. We have a committee on uh, what's in our playbook? Because um, I I don't want to say I like shiny objects, but if something's new and making money, I'm interested. Um, and that's not just you know that's just the beginning of getting it on our radar. It's you know checking out the players and the sponsor and what kind of track record. And they all have if they're old enough, they all either were around 2008 or they're around even longer. And you want to know not how much money they made. It's what did they did do when things really went sideways and it was unexpected. Did management eat some of their fees? Did management pony up more money just to make something work? And that's historical. Like you can't lie about what they did if it, if they did it. Um, and so we look at that really important. You know, the current investment's important. It's the history of the per- person putting that current investment out on the market. To me, that matters. You know, almost as much. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, Fred, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you, and how can they engage with you? Yeah, so uh, our website is ccwmg.com, like cat, cat, William, Mary, Greg.com. Um, a lot of information's there. They can uh, schedule a second opinion service, which is a complimentary uh, look at where you're at. Uh, you'll have someone from my team. There's no sales pitch. We'll just, you know, have a conversation. If you're comfortable uh, sharing us information uh, after the conversation, you send us your info. We'll do some research and then we'll give you at a second meeting our, you know, what's working, what I would, you know, what we would fix if, if you, you know, if we were you and it doesn't need to be with us. It's just, here's the things you should look at. Uh, if there's a good fit there, you know, we'll be the first ones to do it. Being it in the business for 20 years, we're here to help people. 
not to, you know, bring people in if they're not a good fit. So ccwmg.com. George, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it was it was a pleasure. If you enjoyed as much as I did, show Fred your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to ccwmg.com. Take advantage of that second opinion service. At least then you will know there's a lot of benefit to another set of eyes, maybe even several sets of eyes, and find out if it's a good fit for you. Thanks good, Fred. Thank you. Take care, George. And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.